The following audio is from Story City Church in Burbank, California. For more information on Story City, go to storycitychurch.com. Can we just pray? I want to honor this church. I want to pray for this church and its leadership and just so thankful to be here. Can we just stop and and continue to worship through prayer? Heavenly Father, we love you. I thank you for what you're doing in this city. I thank you for what you're doing in this church and the people that make up this church, Lord. We we just want to honor you and we want to honor this church and what you're doing, Lord. Would, Would you be here Would you be present in this place? Even in this time, in this season right now, you are doing so many things. And as Matt was talking just a moment ago, it's exciting. It's almost like he couldn't even uh, tell you how many things and all that's going on because there's so much. And Lord, we, we know that you are at the center of that, Lord. So would you continue to move in this church? Would you continue to to bless the opportunities that you've provided us and Lord, not just to see them happening, but would you allow us to be a part of what you're doing? Lord, you're moving, you're growing, you're reaching people in this city and in this place. And so Lord, we want to be a part of it. And so Lord, would you move through us in our lives? Would you prick our hearts, Lord, that we would be stirred to follow you and to trust you and whatever you would call us to do, would you allow us to just be a part of it? Lord, we are stronger together. You can move mountains. You can do all of it on your own, but Lord, you you choose to use us. And so Lord, would you be in this place? Would you be with this church? Would you move in a mighty way because of the faithfulness of the people here? Lord, we love you. And we ask all these things in your precious name. Amen. Well, Good morning, Story City Church. I feel a little underdressed. I wish somebody would have told me that it's Superhero Sunday, Um, but I am so glad to be here uh, this morning. I want to thank Matt for asking me to be a part of this and and to be here. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Um, I love what God is doing here. Trenton um, has been here uh, helping to lead worship for the last few weeks, I think, and he co- he's our associate pastor and worship leader at Echo Church, and every Sunday he comes, uh, comes back to, to Orange County, and <clears throat> we're preparing for our Sunday night service, and he comes, and every week he comes back and he says, Jason, I love this church. I love what God is doing in this church uh, and, and in this city, and I just love it. Jason, like, I really love it. Like, like you got to understand, I really love this church. And I, and I say to him, man, that's, that's awesome. <clears throat> Don't get any ideas, right? Um, <laughs> you're staying with me. Uh, there's work to do uh, down south. So um, I, I want to thank you for loving him and allowing him to, to serve you. And thank you for allowing me to come and be a part of this. I really do. I I love this church and I love what you guys are doing. Just some context before we get started. About four years ago, my wife Rachel and I uh, went to a conference and we heard stats like this. 200 million unchurched people in America, making America the fourth largest unchurched nation in the world. We heard stats like this. Of the 350,000 Evangelical churches in America, four out of every five are either plateaued or they're dying, they're declining. Four out of every five churches in America. And and so this broke our hearts. We began 
to pray and research strategic areas that, that experts have, have identified and hopped on a plane and, and headed to the West Coast. This really began our church planting journey. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. We're, we're, my wife and I, our family is from, from Nashville, Tennessee, from the South. And, and so this was daunting for us. Uh, I, I remember meeting Matt in November of 2017. And, and here was a guy who three years before this was living in a completely different world. Did you guys know this? He had everything going for him. He was a part of a thriving ministry, well-respected, probably pretty comfortable living in Georgia where gas is like 25 cents a gallon, right? And, <laughs> and no reason to change his current circumstance. But I remember him sitting down with me um, I remember this very specifically, and he would have no idea. He probably doesn't remember this, but I remember very, very specifically sitting down with him and telling me his story and how God, when God calls you, you can't ignore it, no matter what it is. When God calls you, you cannot ignore it. This did so much to, to affirm God's calling and plan for my life and for my wife's life. It did so much to give us encouragement. We sat down in front of him, southern boy to southern boy, and him telling us this, and, and, and Story City, you have an incredible pastor, an incredible staff, follow their lead as they point you to Christ. I'm so excited what, what God is doing in this church. And so anyways, now we've been living and serving in Anaheim for about, uh, in, in North Orange County for about four months. We've been doing services for about eight weeks, so two months. And so it's super, super early. Um, our, our church is called Echo Church. We've been meeting in our tiny little apartment, and it's been really sweet to see God already start to move and already start to grow in this church and this work. And, and so we're super excited. We're, we're planning on launching next year in 2020. And so you can pray for us as we launch, as we continue to grow and, and build leadership. Um, if you know friends or family in the Orange County area, send them to our way, send them our way. Or if you just need a break from Matt, you know, and you don't mind, <laughs> and you don't mind the hour drive, right? Just to, you know, just to come our way. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so we've been doing this for about four months now. The, the passage I want us to look at this morning has meant a lot to me and my family in this season. We're, we're going to be in Acts chapter 8. You can go ahead and turn there. We're going to start in verse 26. Acts chapter 8, verse 26, it's going to be on the screen as well. But my goal this morning, before I do that, my goal this morning is for us to faithfully walk through this passage together and encourage us all to consider God's calling on our lives, each one of us, no matter where you're at, no matter who you are, no matter uh, what you, you, you've done or what you've experienced or what you feel like your qualifications are, I want to encourage us all to consider God's calling on our lives and to step out in faith. Watch this, only if we know the first step. Only if we know the first step. We're gonna start in verse 26. It says this, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, he said, rise and go toward the south on the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. That's all I got. That was it. And he rose and he went and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and he was returning seated in his chariot. And he was reading the prophet Isaiah, and the Spirit said to, to Philip, go over and join this chariot. 
So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shear is silent, so he opens not his mouth and his humiliation justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or someone else? Let me read that verse again. It says this, catch this. The eunuch said to Philip, about whom I ask, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way. Rejoicing. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we love you. I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this time. I thank you for what you're doing right now in this place. Lord, I pray that you would help us. No matter where we are, no matter our background or our experience or our qualifications or our talents, our gifts or whatever it might be, no matter what season of life we're currently in right now, Lord, I pray that you would just help us to stop, to pause, to rest in this moment, to forget what's going on outside of this place and just to rest here, just this morning. And not just to hear the words, Lord, that are being said, not just to hear them or, or just to listen, Lord, but would you help us to change this morning? Lord, would you help us to move? Would you help us to act? Lord, would you help us to go, not just to hear what you're saying this morning, but Lord, would you help us to respond in whatever way it may be, Lord, that you would allow us to respond to you this morning? Lord, we, we need you. We're dependent upon you this morning. Would you move in our lives in a way that can only be explained by the power of God? Lord, would you move? It's your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Ah, so, so far in the Acts of the Apostles right now, so, so far we're in chapter eight. So far we've seen mass conversions. We've seen a lot of things going on. We've seen mass conversions. We've seen and witnessed 3,000 souls being saved at Pentecost. We've seen Peter heal. Do you remember this? The beggar outside of the temple and huge numbers, draw huge numbers to hear the story of the risen Christ. There's been all these crazy things that have been going on and these mass responses that have been coming to Christ. And we've seen crowds converted and we've seen the church start to explode by the masses, but Today's text is different. Today's text is, is unique. Rather than seeing a massive number being saved, we see one man being changed eternally by the power of the Spirit and through the obedience of one man. We see one man being changed eternally by the power of the Spirit and through the obedience 
the simple obedience of another man. It's incredible to see God move in the masses, right? It's incredible to see God do something big. We all want to see it. We, we thirst and we hunger for God to move in these powerful ways, right? I, I don't um, uh, know if anybody experienced this, but, but when I was young, much younger, I, I went to a crusade. It was the Billy Graham. Anybody ever been to a, went to a Billy Graham crusade? Yeah, okay, so it's kind of crazy. He's this massive evangelist that did mighty works for, for God in the kingdom of of God, and he did these, these massive crusades. And I remember sitting in this crusade at the end, the, the altar call, the invitation happened. And, and I'm, not, I'm not joking, thousands of people started walking the aisle. Thousands of people giving their lives to Christ. God moving in such a powerful way that it's unexplainable. It's hard to even explain how God moved in this way. And and I remember this so clearly, and it's beautiful, right? And it's biblical, and it's powerful. But is it prescriptive of how God wants to lead all people to repentance, to faith, and to salvation? No, I, I think there's something very beautiful for, for all of us here this morning. No matter what your giftings or your talents, no matter your experience, I think it's time for us to stop sitting on the sidelines. And in fact, just as God called Philip to rise and go, he's calling every one of us, every one of us to rise and go empowered by the Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit and equipped with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's calling every single one of us, no matter where we are, no matter our giftings or our talents or our qualifications, he's calling us to rise and go and follow him this morning. My first point this morning is say yes to step one. Super simple, super easy, Say yes to step one. Take a step of faith this morning. Verse 26 says this, rise and go from the road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. That's it. That's all he got. Man, that's, that's hard, right? That's it. That's all he got. At this point, Philip doesn't even know why he's going. There could be a million different reasons why God would want him to do this. He was a part of a thriving ministry. He had everything going on. He was super comfortable, right? And God called him, hey, get up and go to Gaza, from Jerusalem to Gaza. That's it. I want you to go. That's all he got. And we have the benefit of knowing the end of the story. But for Philip, God was just giving him step by step. He just gave him step number one. Man, this is hard. This is honestly is one of the hardest things for me. And I don't know if you're like me, but honestly, the biggest struggle is that sometimes we don't know every detail of God's plan from the beginning, right? Do you know that? We don't know every detail often of God's plan. And we are a people obsessed with having control of our situation, right? And forget that we serve a sovereign God. Yes, God, I trust you. Yes, God, I love you. Yes, God, I know that you're powerful and you're sovereign and you can do all things and you, you have the power to do anything that you want, right? Yes, I trust you, but let me know every detail of the plan before I say yes. Hey, let me know the outcome before I say yes. Let me know if this is going to work out before I actually take a step of faith and, and say yes to you, right? Totally. I, I don't know if you're, or you're that way, but man, I, that's my life. Man, I said no so often because I, I just didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if I would fail. I didn't know if God would provide like he said he would provide. Every single time, it's this constant fear. God, give me every single detail before I say yes. But, but let me ask you this. Think on those times, though, in which God has called you to be obedient and you did say yes. 
Maybe there was a time where, where you didn't know the details and you didn't know how God would provide, but, but still you said yes. Still you heard God call and you said yes, what, whatever it may have been, you said yes and you followed him. Something specific maybe in your mind right now that you knew that God was calling you to do. Maybe it was to lay aside your pride and fa- finally ask a neighbor to go to church with you. Maybe it was to, to speak boldly to a friend or a coworker about their need for salvation, even if you didn't know the outcome. Maybe it was to go on a mission trip or, or, or be faithful to do something very bold. Watch this. Maybe it was to go help plant a church across town. And you didn't know how God would provide. You didn't know what God would do, but you said yes. Did God move? Yes. God moved. He provided the words that you needed to ask your neighbor. He provided the boldness and the courage and the words and, the, and, and, and everything, the wisdom that you needed to share Christ with that person. For that mission trip, he provided for your need. He provided for your financial needs to, to go. Even if you didn't know where those, that funding would come from, you said yes. You said, God, how am I going to do this? You said yes, and God provided. And he does, and he, he does it every single time. Time after time, he does. Sometimes he just gives us a little bit, right? It's called faith. Sometimes he just gives us a little bit, and we have to continue to say yes until we see the entire picture of what God is trying to accomplish in and through us. God simply told Philip to go down to the road that connects Jerusalem and Gaza, and he rose and he went. Stepping out in faith means leaving this comfort that you've built up for yourself. Yes, it can be scary, but, for God, but God has been teaching me that, that when you step out in faith, not only will he move, but he will move every time in, in a powerful way, in a way that's, that's unexplainable. He builds your dependence on him. He strengthens your faith and redirects your mission. He's called us to. Not only will he not lead, leave you, but he will do more through you than you ever thought possible. He will empower you and give you every step of the way. So my wife and I have a similar testimony. Um, We knew that God was calling us to plant. Uh, We knew God was calling us to start a church. This southern boy from from Nashville, Tennessee, we knew God was calling us to come to California and to plant. Um, But we didn't know exactly what that looked like. We said yes to step one without knowing step two. And so we said yes, not knowing how we were going to accomplish this. Guys, we had no strategy. I'm telling you, we had no strategy. We had no connections. We had no financial support. We had no uh, team. We had no idea how we were going to do this. It was my wife and I. We felt this stirring and this calling of God to go, hey, listen, I want you to go from where you are. My wife is a speech pathologist, had a really good job. I was in ministry and had a really good job. We had a house, cars. We had what we, what we needed. I mean, we weren't overly you know, provided for, but we, but we had everything that we needed, right? We were super comfortable. And, and God told my wife and I, I want you to go start a church. But God, what, what next? What, what, what do I do? How do I do this? How, how do I accomplish this? Where's the money going to come from? Do I have a team? Where's the strategy? We had no idea how we were going to accomplish this, but we said yes. After years of saying no, let me add, we said yes. And, and, and two weeks after we t- took a step of faith and said yes to God, a large church in Nashville called us 
and told us they heard our story. And let me tell you this, we weren't telling our story. We just said yes. We weren't telling our story, but a church called us and they said, hey, we heard your story. Come, we want to meet you. So we told our story. We casted our vision with them in person and they said, hey, we want to do this. What do you think about this? By the way, this was two weeks after we said yes. What do you think about if we do this? We want to provide for you some support. We want to provide for you a strategy. What if we build a team around you and we send you with some people, right? We, we, we got here with 15 people that are still here. 15 people moved from Nashville, Tennessee uh, to, to Southern California. We're going to give you a team. We're going to give you a strategy. Watch this. We're going to give you every single thing you need to accomplish what God is calling you to accomplish. Aren't you glad we serve a God that doesn't just call? but he empowers, he enables us, he equips us, he gives us literally every single thing we need to accomplish the calling that he's placed on our lives. He doesn't just call us, he gives us what we need. Say yes to step one. Say yes to step one. These last few years have been kind of a blur, but one thing has been very clear. We said no to God for years and just seemed to kind of wander. Anybody been there? We said no to God for, for years and just seemed to wander. But the moment we said yes, the God of creation created a way to accomplish his purposes through our obedience. Continue to say yes to God. Say yes to step one, even if that's all you got. Next, trust in God's sovereignty. Trust in God's sovereignty. So who's this Ethiopian eunuch? He's on his way back to Ethiopia from Jerusalem, which was about a five-month trip each way. That's important, right? So here's uh, this Ethiopian. He was an African. I think this is huge because the gospel is now beginning to span over ethnic people groups. This man was most likely a God seeker. He's trying to understand who God, who God is, right? But, but this is important. Because he was a eunuch, he was labeled as unclean. And even though he wanted to know, even though he was a God seeker, this meant he was denied access to the temple and the assembly of God. He was on, a, on his way back, on his five-month trek back to his home, and God sends Philip. And the Holy Spirit directs Philip to go over and join his chariot. This is an amazing act of sovereignty. God knew exactly when to send Philip, and he arrives at just the right time time. I'll prove it. When he arrives, he hears this man reading the scroll of Isaiah, not just any place in Isaiah, but Isaiah 53. And I'll remind you of what it says. And we read a little in Acts there, but let me remind you a little more. Starting in verse three of chapter 53, it says this, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all, the sin of us all. The purpose of this section in Isaiah is to, to bring to light a couple of things. First of all, it's to bring to light the story of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the salvation that he brings through the cross, but it also highlights the sinfulness of mankind. The, the, the passage here in, in Isaiah, it, it, it tells us, hey, that, that we're sinful in need of a Savior. Oh, but by the way, here's a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ, right? 
Man, what a perfect place to start a gospel conversation. I told you that his timing was perfect. What a perfect place to start a gospel conversation. And not only that, um, but the Ethiopian asks the perfect question. He said, about whom I ask, does the prophet say this? About himself or someone else? Mm, Let me think, someone else. Can you imagine as this question is being asked, Philip, it's almost like, It could barely be asked. The question could barely be asked. He's almost like screaming and interrupting him as he's asking this question about himself or someone else. Someone else. His name is Jesus, right? Let me tell you about him. His name is Jesus. Can you imagine the joy now of Philip? So we got the joy of of the Ethiopian. Can you imagine the joy of Philip as he considers the power of God in this moment? Oh, what a God we serve. How sweet it is when God provides for us opportunities in our lives when we say yes. When we say yes. Guys, this is true for us today. If you haven't experienced this, this is going to be hard, right? So if you're squeamish, you can earmuffs this right now, but... If you haven't experienced this, chances are you're not saying yes to God God when he calls you. If you haven't experienced these type of opportunities or this type of um, faith from God, then then chances are you're saying no when he calls you. You wonder why your life is dry and seems void of the presence of God. Maybe it's because you keep telling him no. Thirdly, speak God's word. So say yes to step one, trust in God's sovereignty, and then then lastly, speak God's word. It says in verse 35, then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. God doesn't need to tell Philip what to do next, right? He's led him all this way. Here's step one, here's step two, here's step three, here's step four. And God doesn't need to give him step five, right? He, he opened his mouth and, and out came the gospel. The Bible tells us that he starts with Isaiah and then through a series of texts begins to explain who Jesus is and what he did and no doubt He tells this man that he's a sinner in need of grace. No doubt, he tells this man uh, that that there is salvation and there is grace and there is mercy that's found in Jesus Christ. No doubt, he tells how God, through his mercy, has made forgiveness possible through the cross of Jesus Christ. And he did all of this as they traveled along. Now, another act of sovereignty, as soon as Philip led this man to trust Christ as a Lord, they drive alongside a small body of water. Now, okay, so you have this sense of joy in Philip. Now you have, can you imagine the sense of joy in this Ethiopian? They pass by the small body of water. Here's a man from a cursed nation, just left Jerusalem, was denied access to the, to the temple, right? He was on a lonely five-month trek, desert road, heading back to a pagan land, And he had every right to be angry at God, disgruntled at the church. But God placed his favor on this man this day. What an incredible act of God's kindness to provide this water in the middle of this desert as as he was baptized. Verse 39, and when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And the eunuchs saw him no more. It says this, and he went on his way rejoicing. Watch this. So this isn't, um, this is important. I'm not sure, um, and we're not told um, specifically, and this is what they call holy assumption. Uh, this is sometimes where preachers take some liberties and they, they kind of go off on a tangent, but, but I think this is important. We're not told, but I have to think this man kept reading through Isaiah, right? He's in Isaiah 53, 
Can't you believe, can't you imagine that he continued to read a few more chapters with passion, right? As he rejoiced is what scripture says and what God had done in his life. And if he did, he would have quickly gotten to Isaiah 56. Just three chapters later after Philip had already gone, he's in his chariot going back, right? And he gets to Isaiah 56. If he would have, he would have gotten to this verse Isaiah 56, starting in verse 3, it says this, Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, come on, Behold, I am a dry tree, for thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast to my covenant. I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be be cut off. Praise the Lord. Can you imagine the joys he's reading this, the encouragement as he's going back on this lonely desert road back into this pagan land and he gets this encouragement right here. You are my son. You are my daughter. You're a child of God and I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Tradition has it. This man, this man went home to Ethiopia sharing the gospel and many in that land Watch this, foreigners became followers of Jesus Christ. Can I challenge you with something as I close? I've learned a lot in this, in this new season of ministry, but, but as I've met with people discerning God's voice and calling on their own life, one thing really stands out. As I've met with these people that are trying to figure out, hey, what is God calling me to do? Where is God calling me to go? How is God calling me to serve? This stands out. I want to make it simple for us this morning. Can I do that? Can we just break it down? Maybe if you don't hear anything else this morning, would you hear this? Would you be challenged with this this morning? Calling doesn't always mean vocation. Calling doesn't always, calling from God doesn't always come in the form of some grand adventure. Calling is simply spending time with God, hearing from him and being obedient to say yes when he calls. That's it. Spending time with him, hearing from him and being obedient, being obedient to say yes when he speaks, when he calls. That could be as simply as finally inviting a friend to church. It could be having a gospel conversation with a coworker. He wants us to simply say yes to him and follow him as he leads. If you're walking in his spirit, he is sovereign to guide your steps. Step two, step three, step four. And even if you don't know the outcome, the author of salvation does. So the question this morning is, how is God calling you to rise and go? How is God calling you this morning to rise and go? This is not for the overly faithful. This is not for the overly righteous or religious this morning. This is for every single person in this room. How is God calling you to rise and go? For those here who've never really decided to completely follow Christ, God has brought you this here this morning, like the Ethiopian, for a reason. He has brought you into this place to hear the gospel, maybe for the first time, maybe for the hundredth time. And you say, man, I'm close. Yeah, I believe in God maybe. And I'm starting to understand who he is, but I've never taken that step of faith, right? And followed him. Man, it's scary. What are my friends gonna say? What is my family gonna think? How am I gonna take this step without knowing the outcome? Guys, it's scary. Like Trenton said earlier, 
doesn't mean a life of perfection and a life of complete righteousness and, and a life that, that everything is figured out and a life free of pain and struggle. Man, Jason, you're really selling me on this. Guys, some of you this morning need to take your first step of faith and follow God in obedience and say, God, I, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it means. But Lord, I decide today to follow you. For those of you here this morning who have faith in Christ yet struggle to see God's moving and calling on your life, say yes to God even if you don't know what's next. Take a chance. Say, yeah, I'm following Christ. I believe in Christ. Say yes to God. Maybe that looks like serving in a way that you've never served. We, we saw announcements in, in a way that, that we can serve in a lot of different ways. I know, I know Tyler and there's this team that's, that's being built up in Granada Hills right now. Maybe that means that you, you need to take a step in, in this season of life and go and partner with this church and this movement of God in this place. See, yeah, God is going to move, but he's going to do it through you. Maybe you need to take a step of faith and follow God by, by serving. Maybe you, you've never given financially, sacrificially, Maybe, maybe God's calling you to, to take a step with your finances and give for the first time. I don't know what it is. But say yes to God, even if you don't know what's next. And for those of you in the middle of the journey, press on. Even though you, you don't know the end of the story, like I said, the author of salvation does so you can follow him with confidence as you go. Heavenly Father, we love you and we need you. Lord, this morning we, 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 we come open-handed as we stand in a few moments and, and worship and, and sing our faces off of how good you are and what you've done for us, Lord. We come in this submissive way. We come open-handed saying, God, whatever it is, wherever it is, Lord, whatever you want me to do, Lord, I will go. I will take this step. Even if I don't know step two, Lord, help me to say yes to step one and then watch God move in your life. God, would you allow us this morning to have the courage to say yes to you this morning? whether it's for the first time or for the hundredth time, Lord. Lord, we say yes. Lord, we say yes to you this morning. We love you and we ask all these things.